0: Good morning. On this bowl of Question Crunch, I have questions for my old musical friend, Kateri Lirio. We talk about writing music, singing in churches, and learning multiplication with problematic chocolate milk. Katherine, you are one of one of one of uh, one of the guests that have been like an old friend forever. I think we met in high school. Was that right or was that college? It might have been college.
1: Define forever.
0: Forever? I don't know. I, I I've I've had friends on here that I've known since junior high. So forever is a weird way of saying.
1: I think okay, like jogging back. I believe it was post high school, pre college, because our mutual friend. And I were in a band together. And I
0: you could say his name to one of our shows.
1: <laughs> he who must not be named.
0: He who but mu- he was a guest. He's been a guest.
1: He who must not be named, whose name is Wayne.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wayne
1: and I were in a band together. What band was he that? He met. Abstract Theory. Yes. <laughs> I bit my tongue before I said it. We were a progressive rock band out in the Inland Empire and we would play headbanging music in front of a local coffee shop called the Coffee Clatch. It was very cacophonous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Those are some good memories. And <laughs> the, the, the bite the lip makes sense. Did you bite your, you said you bite bit your lip or you bit, bit your tongue?
1: I think I said I bit my tongue.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> um... No, it's, it's, uh, I think I still have photos of the abstract theory days on my computer. And so whenever the screensaver goes up, uh, photos of those memories and those times come up. And I'm like, oh, good times, good times. Um, so I've enjoyed seeing, uh, your evolution, your progress in your, uh, musical career. And, uh, that being said, what is your history with music?
1: Oh it's 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 complicated.
0: (laughs) Complicated is good.
1: (laughs) Well I started as a classically trained pianist at a very tender age of six and then in high school I fell in love with a boy that I really wanted to impress and he was into Prague. Genesis Yes, Dream Theater, and so I really wanted to impress him, so I started listening to all his music, but he actually turned me on to other styles of music outside of classical music, and at the time, I was listening to a lot of teeny bopper music, like Backstreet Boys and Think, O-Town was my favorite band, and so I just- complete 180.
0: Sorry, I, I, in- I had a woo for O Town. <laughs> in case uh, anyone doesn't know, uh, that's our local boy band. I guess. <laughs> we, we don't didn't we have like a guy in there?
1: Yeah, I can't remember. Was it actually Parker Angel? That was. I him?
0: I don't remember his name. I just remember they there was a reality television series, and he said he's from Rancho. I'm like, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're my favorite boy band. So, so to go from O Town to. Dream Theater was this huge shift, and I started getting into. From there, I started getting into jazz, rock. I picked up keyboard at the time, and then in my early twenties, you know, the thing with the high school guy didn't work out, so I just moved on with my with my life. I ended up picking up the ukulele because I got kind of bored from playing piano, and started writing songs. So now I have been calling myself a multi-instrumentalist and songwriter.
0: And you went into, uh, you took music classes in school?
1: Yeah, I've I've taken music classes throughout my life. I was in a conservatory in high school. I attended Cal Poly Pomona and got my BA in music on a full scholarship. And now I'm in a master's program for teaching and through this whole process I feel like even though I have a classically trained background learning the ukulele with a natural approach with having no instruction has been interesting too so that's why I say my history with music is complicated because I have this like really strict conservatory training in some sense and then in another sense I have this really raw organic natural approach with songwriting
0: I feel like that it gives you like a really good balance though right
1: Oh yeah because in a room I can speak to all the nerds and then I can also speak to the musicians that maybe are not as trained but they're trained in other ways like with their ear or they just they just memorize lyrics and I find myself as like a a good connector in any musical space i feel like there's like a pride and and arrogance with a lot of conservatory trained musicians (laughs) they're like f you you don't know this scale um or you don't know what the neapolitan six is you're not a real musician and then you give them an opportunity to improvise and jam with musicians that are not classically trained and they have no idea what to do now there's all this there's all all sorts and varieties of musicians in between. But yeah, thanks for saying I'm balanced.
0: <laughs> well, I feel like uh, um, when, I've, when I've worked with, uh, when I've talked to other artists um, and, well, okay, for instance, one time I heard an artist, uh, there was a question that said, how do you come up with your colors? And one artist said, oh, I, I have, it's in my gut. And another artist said, oh, well, there's a whole thing about color theory. I just find it amusing because they're saying the same thing. But the person who says it comes from their gut doesn't know about color theory and doesn't know that that is uh, is affecting them. We're surrounded by art, so we are affected by color theory without even knowing it. And I feel like that might be the same way with music, where um, the people who learned it on their own by their ear, they might not know what they're doing. They don't know the terms of what they're doing, but they're doing them.
1: Yeah, exactly. You don't necessarily need to know theoretically what's happening or on an academic level what's happening. You just make music. And if you talk, you have rhythm. And if you know how to bang two sticks together, that's an instrument. Which I
0: don't. (laughs) Banging sticks together? (laughs) I feel like I'll be like, I'll miss. I'm like, damn it, I'm out. (laughs)
1: That's so funny, though, because I just taught a lesson to high school students about beat and rhythm, and and I used a basketball to show beat. and I, in turn, brought it to the students, and I said, can y'all find something in your house that you can show beat with? And someone brought out two forks, and he just banged the two forks together. I'm like, great, pass. (laughs) You got it.
0: You you didn't want to show him that scene from The Jerk? Have you seen The Jerk? I don't think I've (laughs) <laughs>
1: you, should,
0: you should definitely watch a jerk. Uh, he's uh, a, <laughs> it's 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 an early Steve Martin uh, film, and he he grew up not having a not knowing rhythm, and so he'll be snapping and it'll be completely off, and then eventually he learns how to do rhythm and he's like, mom,
1: look, look.
0: <laughs> I highly recommend watching the jerk.
1: <laughs> this is the part where Angie puts in a blurb from that scene
0: <laughs> <laughs> We will have it on the on the Instagram swipe thing
1: <laughs>
0: Now who who do you think would win in a piano battle? Because you said you're a piano player that you were that, that was your first instrument that you learned, right? Yeah. Who do you think would win in a piano battle? Ralph from the Muppets or Schroeder from the Peanuts.
1: What constitutes winning the battle?
0: I don't know. You're the pianist.
1: I would say I would say if it was just sheer strength and like for lack of a better term, like gone <laughs> would win, but if it was the finesse and technique, Schroeder would win.
0: Gotcha. So, like, if we're talking about like a wrestling match, I feel like Schroeder would get more points, but Ralph would take him down.
1: Yeah, because all, 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 all Schroeder needs is to just maintain composure the whole time and just like make sure that like, was it what's her name? Is it Lucy?
0: Like, he doesn't get
1: he doesn't get sidetracked by Lucy.
0: (laughs) Who who tries?
1: Yeah, who tries?
0: She, she tries okay, to get I his go, attention.
1: I go with Schroeder.
0: Nice. All right. You you think that he would uh, he would have more? He, he has the razor edge concentration. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and the classical music knowledge.
1: <laughs> and he's sweet. He's a little sweet, but also a little bit sad. So maybe have a soft spot for Schroeder.
0: <laughs> um. And you teach you you teach people how to write songs right yeah
1: yeah <laughs> i i do and as i've evolved you know i've been teaching since i was like 15 years old i'm 33 now so it's been it's been a minute i teach songwriting with the arts and with subjects the kids are learning in school
0: that's pretty that's- rad what do you mean by that
1: the term is called arts integration and it's an approach that was made popular through the john f kennedy center Um, a lot of it's been around since the 70s this approach but it's essentially taking an art form and using that art form as a way to explore a subject that a student is learning in school so for example with my songwriting courses i just finished a course on the multiplication tables and rhyming in songwriting so what we did with the student she's probably eight years old yay third grade you learn your multiplication tables in third grade and so i gave her an assessment of which times tables she was struggling with and we developed songs lyrics that would help her memorize the multiplication tables that she was struggling with. I need to pull up some of her lyrics because they're absolutely hilarious. And the student does this completely.
0: This is pretty cool. I love everything about this.
1: Great. let me just pull it up really quick because I'm gonna I, butcher I,
0: I, it. L- I learned that uh, when, I didn't learn until high school because like uh, I would always draw in class And my teachers would get upset because I'm not paying attention. And then in high school, I realized that if I draw what the teacher is talking about, I I can better learn it because I always remember what I draw. And then uh, I, I, that that it was in high school that I uh, learned that there are different ways to for kids to learn. And one of them is, you know, some kids have to move all the time. Some kids have to actually you know, get their hand involved to be able to learn something, to get, get, you know, to write, to write notes, to, you know, uh, participation is a good learning practice. And I learned that, you know, drawing cartoons, like if if I'm in history class and I'm talking about George Washington, I will draw cartoons about George Washington and that would help me learn. And I'm so upset that more teachers did not know about that when I was younger.
1: (laughs) So are you saying you would get in trouble?
0: Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, uh, the teacher would not tell me to draw what they're talking about. She would just, you know, take the paper and throw it away. I remember That's the teacher so too.
1: Discouraging. <laughs>
0: Mrs. Kadzo.
1: What, what a bitch.
0: <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I fuck a hate her.
1: Um Oh my gosh, I wish I could I could just share share this with
0: you. Yeah, go uh, for it. I just don't want I, I don't want I don't want the kid to sue us though.
1: No, I could just I could just show you the slide. Uh,
0: well, you can sing us a line. Go for it. I want to learn my multiplications. I'm a big fan of schoolhouse rock.
1: Okay, so this song is titled Cows That Are In A Gate Make Nest Quick. Okay. And it goes, Six times six equals thirty-six. Get out the nest quick. Six times seven equals forty-two. Cow say moo. Six times eight equals forty-eight. Please open the gate. She sings it much better though. No, I love it. There's there's the whole recording, and mm-hmm. then there's this other part here. Oh my gosh, we we first did it with the three times tables, and then we had three times eleven equals. Wait, what was it? Wait. Oh
0: my. my only my only issue is that the she mentioned quick I'm a, I'm a big uh, I'm a big hater of Nestle. <laughs> Why is that? Why is that? Nestle's an evil corporation.
1: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> okay, I'll just show you the slide, just, just for funsies. You don't have to use this, but... Well, we're on
0: a, we're on a podcast, so show me... Be... <laughs> okay. So, that's fine. so There's musical notes, so she writes there's... the notes with it?
1: Yeah, and so the, the chorus is, That's our multiplication song. Three times eight equals 24. Uh, equals 24, lakes. three times nine equals 27 creepy mimes three times oh, 10 equals sucks. 30 and here's my favorite one yeah three times 11 equals 33 handsome kevin's and it's a picture of kevin bacon <laughs> so yes to answer your question Did I it- teach songwriting but i am i'm i'm wanting students to be successful in school as they continue to explore their own creativity and their creative voice
0: Tell me this. Did the kid pick Kevin Bacon?
1: No, she said Kevin. Yeah. And so we were on Google Slides and I said, Well, do you know who Kevin Bacon is? And she goes, No. no. Yeah. That's... And I say, Well, your mom's going to know. So <laughs> I pulled, I did a Google search and I Google searched Kevin Bacon and I showed her a picture of Kevin Bacon and she just busted up.
0: I, I was going to say, I refuse to believe that you said eight years old? Yeah. I refuse to believe that eight-year-old knows who Kevin Bacon is. No, I didn't think so. All right, cool.
1: <laughs> but now, but now she does. Do you remember the six degrees of separation?
0: Yeah, I totally do. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm good at playing that game. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, so, what are your steps to writing a song? Then, is it all based on uh, learning other materials, other subjects, or uh, like what? How, how does one dive into that? I don't know how to write a song. Help me out.
1: Yeah, I think it's evolved for me over time. When I first started writing songs, it was because I needed to process my teenage angst and sure. emo feelings about guys that didn't want me growing up, because, you know, when I was, like, Growing up, I was, like, really fat and not <laughs> didn't have a lot of confidence. Guys didn't like me. So I used songwriting to just get the feelings out. But now, I would say that there aren't steps. There are multiple processes. So you can start off with a part of a song, right? There's these different elements, just like you would have elements in painting there's the color there's the composition um there's shading right textures with songs there's usually lyrics a melody the chords or the music there's a concept and there's a title and you could take any of those those parts of a song and use those as an access point so sometimes i have a title and i'm like you know what i'm gonna write a song called, let's see, I have a song called Real Talk, and then I'll start writing from that, like writing what, what real talk is, or talking about a specific memory in mind, and then from that prose type writing, the music will come out, other times I have songs that I have music, but not lyrics, I just have two chords, like back and forth. You can write a song right now if you want.
0: Oh, okay. I I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, let's learn learn how to write a song.
1: 30 seconds. Hold on. Let me get my ukulele. Think think of an accent. Do you want to think of a title? Do you have a melody? Is there a lyric? I'll give you like 30 seconds.
0: As as not a musician, I can't think of a melody just right off my head, but I can think of a title easily. (laughs)
1: Okay, oh, she's getting, I title? hear the instrument going
0: on. What's
1: oh, you know,
0: you, you know what? I did think, I did think of lyrics for a uh, question crunch intro type thing. Cause I've always thought about like, cause it's, you know, it's breakfast. It's, it's a, it's a breakfast themed podcast. And I was like thinking of a uh, really weird jingles for a question. Uh, for, I was thinking of words for a weird question crunch jingle. Oh,
1: So can you expand on that? What is Question crunch.
0: Well, the lines that I have is uh, when a question becomes a bunch, I grab a bowl of question crunch.
1: Say that again.
0: When a uh, oh, shit, <laughs>
1: it's when okay. A, say it again, but say it slower. When,
0: when one question becomes a bunch, I grab a bowl of question crunch.
1: When a question becomes a bunch,
0: when one, w- of when one crunch. question. Becomes a bunch.
1: <laughs> okay, I need to type this out because I, my ears, as a musician, as great of a musician as I am, I'm like a visual learner. so I need Yeah, to go for
0: it. it. I totally understand that. As a cartoonist, so I know visual learning. Say it again. When one question becomes a bunch, I grab a bowl of question crunch.
1: That's cool. Anything else?
0: Uh, that's it so far. I, I was thinking about okay. like uh, um, I was thinking about like some way to elaborate on the sense that uh, the the point of the podcast is i I know people that more people need to know. And I'm like, all right, cool. because uh, <laughs> like I was saying more people need to know this person, and then I've got questions I need to know, but I'm like, ah, oh, but that's too repetitive. That's too I don't, I don't like repeating two lines. It's not rhyme that's lazy. <laughs>
1: If you were to take those two lines and set a tempo to them, could you tap out the tempo?
0: Uh, absolutely not.
1: Like, would it be, like, fast, slow? It or would
0: be, it would or be fast, things? because most cereal jingles are fast. It's the whole, uh, what's it? Um, heart, stars, horseshoes, clovers, and blue moons, pots of gold and rainbow, and the red balloons.
1: Let's take their tempo. So it's, like, okay. probably around here. Sure. When one question becomes a bunch, of grab a bowl of question crunch.
0: Yes, fantastic. That's
1: a mouthful. <laughs> it's it's a cereal. When one question becomes a bunch, I grab a bowl of question crunch. Do you hear it bouncy or do you hear it differently? I definitely hear it bouncy. bouncy. When one question becomes a bunch, of grab a bowl of question crunch.
0: Oh, I know, you can, you can slow it down. You can slow it down. I feel like it's, a. Uh, uh, it's, I don't run through it. It's just, uh, when one question becomes a bunch, I grab a bowl of question crunch.
1: Oh, you have the melody. Oh, okay. You, that? you just sang the melody.
0: Cool. Do it again. <laughs> um, when one question becomes a bunch, I grab a bowl of question crunch.
1: There, you have your song.
0: Fantastic. <laughs>
1: That was fun.
0: Songwriting. I, I, I mastered songwriting. Let's do this. Where's my master's degree? <laughs> There's a master's for a songwriting, right? I want, I want no. a PhD. <laughs> I, I found a melody easily. That was really quick in a few seconds. I think, I think, that's a, I think that earned a PhD.
1: <laughs> I, I think what's funny, though, is a lot of people think songwriting is more complicated than it needs to be. But really, once you get past that, pressure of like i need it to sound brilliant you just let go and enter this childlike space the song just becomes it's like when you're drawing you can't force your hand to draw something i mean there's technique and things like that but eventually you kind of have to just let go and let yourself draw
0: well even with writing i feel like uh um too many people get worried about having the right words and then i always tell them you know you can invent words words are fun be silly with them um I i told someone that uh what was it I told them, I don't remember this word, but it starts with an H and it has a million syllables. And they laughed at like, Matt, wh- what? <laughs> and I, I explained that I feel like uh, the English language is just a lot of fun that you can just goof, up, goof off with it and feel, be free.
1: <laughs> that's what Dr. Seuss did. And that's what J.R.R. Tolkien did. And yeah.
0: Well, Tolkien took it to a, a crazy level. He invented languages. That's nuts.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That was like, that's on the like next level. And then to bring it, to bring, you, I think you know this about me. I have a huge Lord of the Rings nerd. And I used to be able to write my name in Elvish as well as speak Elvish phrases.
0: Have you seen The Hobbit? The Hobbit movies?
1: Absolutely. The Peter Jackson?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, yeah. the uh, the, Ho- the Hobbit trilogy. When uh, the dwarf mm-hmm. is in the el- when they're when they're in the uh, the elvish prison or whatever the jail cells, um, I was watching the special features of that second movie, The Desolation of Smog, and um, they have a qu- they have people singing in the background when the two when the elf and the dwarf are talking and they're kind of like flirting with each other. In the background, they have a singer singing in dwarven and elvish, but you can't hear them because dialogue is going on. And I'm just like, why then? Why do you go why take that step further if no one can hear the song?
1: It was like a part of Tolkien's culture but they didn't want to be so nerdy with it so they're like we're going to just have it in the background and then the nerds can just call it an easter egg.
0: The nerds like this it's 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 a lot less nerds though. I think I think you're the one person that was listening to it and was like oh,
1: they're actually doing the right language. Like, <laughs> And then there's different dialects within Elvish. There's Quenya, and then there is... What's the other Holy one? shit. Because that's, that's, like, the Old English. Quenya is, like, Old English, right? And then there's also, like, more of the... It's not called Modern Day Elvish. All the Silicon <laughs> fans are going to be, like, you're culturally misappropriating Elvish right now.
0: <laughs> well, don't...
1: write my name in Elvish.
0: Don't worry. I I, I don't think that I, uh, I... I didn't know that there were different degrees of Elvish, so... Uh... <laughs> I'm not gonna get on your case. I think that Colbert would. Colbert is the one person I think that would be like, uh, "Excuse me."
1: <laughs> is he? Is he a Lord of the Rings fan?
0: Oh shit! All right, so he was actually in the Hobbit. He was in Desolation of Smaug because he won. He he did a trivia thing and he won a uh, a guest appearance in the movie.
1: No way. Yeah,
0: like when they're in I Lake didn't Town. Know that. When they're in Lake Town, you remember all the spies that were the the, the whole spies letting people know that dwarves are in Lake Town? Uh, he's mm-hmm. the eyepatch one that lowers the eyepatch.
1: Oh, oh, my gosh. I need to rewatch it now.
0: Yeah. And all the spies are uh, his family. His family was in Lake Town. <laughs> and I didn't even know it was Colbert, and I'm a big fan of his. But when I found out it was him, I was like, wait, what? And I had to go back to the scene. I'm like, yep, there he is. God damn it. <laughs>
1: They need to make the Silmarillion into a film. Sure. It'd be a very boring history lesson of Middle-earth. But I want to see all the all the elf elf um all the all the confusion of like all the different ancestors and variations of like the the family names like Thorindor and son of thor sister of da, 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 like People that sounds like the script a fun supervisors movie. Supervisors would get confused. Yeah, the script, the script supervisors would get confused.
0: That sounds exciting. You're right. That movie that should be a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've you've also been on stage, uh, with a lot of really heavy hitters. Like I looked on your website, and uh, uh, what's. <laughs> Um, you've done a lot of uh, show tunes. You've done a lot of stage performances. Um, what is your favorite sh- uh, show tune?
1: Ooh. So, my favorite musical is Cabaret. Okay. Nice. The can- of Cabaret, World War II, you know, set in this dingy German pub. Uh,
0: There's a lot of good World War II musicals. <laughs>
1: So from from cabaret, there's that number. Maybe this time.
0: That's a good one. Maybe
1: this time I'll be lucky. Maybe this time he'll stay. Liza does it great. Um, but I think the first time I heard that tune, and mind you, uh, should I say this? Is this gonna ruin me? No. Okay, I'll say it. When <laughs> Go I for first it. started playing musicals, when I first started playing musicals, people would hire me because I could read really fast they're like oh we can put anything in front of her and she can read it and the first show I ever played was in my middle school production of sound of music and I was like oh the music's all right you know <laughs> my cocky 13 year old butt just like poo-pooing on Rodgers and Hammerstein you know um but I didn't really like musicals growing up and I when I first heard maybe this time, there was some light bulb that switched on and I realized, you know what? It's it's the songwriting that I really like. Because, like, let's face it, musicals, Broadway, it's campy, it's big. It's, like, it's out there. And I just, I'm not that flashy. Um, but I find that there's, like, so much great songwriting in theater and in Broadway.
0: I'm glad you, you mentioned Sound of Music. <laughs> Because that is one of the, that's the next question I have for you. Um, Because you're uh, a music teacher, um, when you teach the scales, uh, do you use the same words as Maria in Sound of Music? Or do you make up, you you make them up your own? You make your own words for it. Because when you get to tea, when you get to tea and she's like, tea, uh, drink with jam and bread. I'm like, I don't, I don't drink tea with jam and bread. And that's a weird way of saying it, too. Jam and bread? Jam is not another part of the food process. It is on bread. That's the whole <laughs> – if there's no bread, yeah. I don't eat jam. I don't just have jam and tea. I have to have the jam on the bread. I know she's just saying jam and bread for it to rhyme, but it sounds silly. What I'm asking is, what do you have You're with your tea? You're talking
1: about soulfish, right? <laughs> what do I have well, with my tea?
0: Yeah, I, what do you eat with your tea? Is it jam and bread?
1: <laughs> I'm weird. I actually put milk in my tea. Okay. I'm British about it. And I also really love ginger cookies. Like ginger, what is it, Snickerdoodles? Anything with ginger in a cookie. Ginger by so, itself is gross, but in a cookie? Oh my gosh.
0: See, and now it doesn't even rhyme. Tea, a drink tea, with ginger drink cookie.
1: With, <laughs> tea, a drink with sticker doodle.
0: Okay, that makes sense. I like that. I like that <laughs> rhythm. Uh, I just don't think it rhymes with the other words, though.
1: <laughs> when you think of one that rhymes, what else do I have with my tea? But
0: what, what, like what, do you do with your, what do you do with your scales? You make up your own words for it, like dough, and then you're like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question because I learned letter names for skills. So like C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, right? And then there's also- That's not fun at all. (laughs) Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Uh, Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. I had a student once that didn't like the fact that I was using letter names or solfege, you know, do, re, mi's. So we create our own language. And so, what was it? It was in beeps. We were speaking in beeps. So the first note was beep, 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 And so I just remember this language, this was one lesson, the mom was probably like, what is this lady doing with my child? But the whole time it was like, beep, 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 And So I guess what I'm trying to say is you can use any syllable or word to teach scales as long as the student is singing that pitch
0: who decides the beeps she did the kid did
1: (laughs) and she wouldn't she wouldn't let she she was like no like she would play the note she would play like a c right And she goes that's beep and then she played d and she's like that's beep beep and then I would try to mess her up. And she's like, no, it's beep beep. Like, very serious.
0: <laughs> like, lean in. What's wrong with you? It's three beeps or nothing.
1: <laughs> Get out of my classroom. How dare you? I'm fired. <laughs> this this is students. amateur hour. I've also had students name, um, like, write lyrics based on snacks. Like, there's this one song called Fruit Snacks Dog. This one student came in and she was like, fruit snacks, dog, fruit snacks, dog. I'm like, what is she doing? And so I was teaching her the notes, like quarter notes and quarter rests. And she was singing her song, but she didn't know what the note notation looked like. And um, thus birthed the song Fruit Snacks Dog.
0: Uh, I'm 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 I like that better than the kid who uh, mentioned Nesquik. (laughs) (laughs) I have not heard of any dogs that have stolen water from any communities.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but a third-year-old does not know anything about fracking, so Uh, they
0: they should they should should all know about Nestle and the evils of Nestle. (laughs) I'm making sure my nephew and what was that?
1: What a wild world we live in. Yeah. You know they just privatized water. water. Yeah. Is being privatized now.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you watch uh, the movie Tank Girl, uh, water is water is a commodity that the evil corporations fight over.
1: And and Mad Max Road Fury Fury Road.
0: Yeah. Which is a well, fantastic
1: film, by the way.
0: Water is important. Oh yeah, especially the uh, was it the guitar player with fire and the. <laughs>
1: That's the the best character.
0: (laughs) When I go into battle, I want to make sure that the music is cool.
1: (laughs) Really, it's our buddy Wayne. Wayne Ingram plays the (laughs) the guitarist in Mad Max.
0: Totally makes sense. Um, What has been one of your favorite musical experiences?
1: Oh, man. This is not going to sound sexy, but any stretch of the imagination. But there's just one time...
0: Oh, I can I stretch at... my imagination far. So don't, don't, <laughs> don't start with it's not going to be sexy because it's. Uh, we'll see.
1: <laughs> so I was don't inside. <laughs> I was not having a good day. I was inside a Catholic church, and sexy. I, I just. Oh my goodness! I just asked <laughs> my now late um, music director if I could just. Sit at the piano and play, cause no, one it was like a Monday. No one was in there. She's like, "Yeah, go ahead." Um, God bless her soul, Karen. Uh, so I sat there and I just started playing, and it was I was having such a such a bad day, Jimmy. I just started crying and just letting it all out. No one was around. I felt safe, and then out of nowhere, I hear a second voice, and this is inside of a Catholic church, brick building, right? And the first thing I thought was, God, <laughs> I'm like, I I can hear you, but why are you a female, you know? And then I turned to my right and I see this woman who had just walked into the church, but I was too busy in my own head and in, in my feelings that I didn't see her walk into the church. And she had started singing with me and she knew the song. So she started singing with me and she was having a bad day too. And she was crying. And I was like, all right, well, I just got to finished the song so I finished the song and I look up and then she had like got up and left it was such a weird moment because I was just letting it all out I never met her she didn't come up to me I didn't come up to her but it was like through that moment where I realized that my purpose in life is to connect with others and if I can connect with others through music then that's I did my job and I'm just—I'm never going to forget that that day.
0: I would now, <laughs> not to get religious on you or anything, but you said, uh, God, why are you a woman? <laughs> I can hear your voice, but suddenly you're a female? All right. <laughs> but wouldn't it also be an act of God that, you know, two people randomly have shitty days and they're both crying? And it would be the voice of God that led you both to have this big, special moment in church?
1: Possibly, but I couldn't have planned for it, right? Yeah,
0: that's the best part. <laughs> this this I random think event. art making
1: is like that. Yeah, I think art making is like that too. It's like sometimes you, you know what you're going to draw, you know what you're going to make, but you don't know all of it. You know some of it. And then you need to kind of just take that leap and go through the process.
0: But when you have like that special moment where two artists who have completely different fields because she's singing... You're playing an instrument. We don't know if that she can play an instrument, but you guys both were able to come together and make something beautiful. That's pretty. That's fucking special. Um, uh, how are the acoustics in this church? Because I I know there's w- this one Catholic church in I think Pasadena. I think it's Pasadena that is ridiculously like I don't want to say orthodox, but it, it's it's gorgeous. There's like all these stone pillars. There's all these. It's it's classic. Like I remember when I took an art history class. And we were learning about uh, church architecture, and that's like really a classic style at in the Pasadena Catholic Church. And I'm just like uh, imagining like this really epic Catholic church, and the echoes of your music filling it. I'm like, wow, that would be uh, that'd be a hell of a moment.
1: <laughs> it was. I mean, this church was made of brick. It was restored from. I want to say like. The early 1900s. I could be wrong, but they re- they restored it. Um, it was really reverberant. I mean, brick is very reverberant, so you can be singing out of tune, and someone really wouldn't know. But the reverb and the acoustic sound great. Cool.
0: So I should always sing around bricks. All right, gotcha.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want people to know that you're out <laughs> of tune.
0: Yep, that's that's my goal always. <laughs> well, that's. Incredibly beautiful. And after the song, she just left. She's like, "All right, cool, done. Thank you for letting me uh, spill out my feelings."
1: Yeah, she got her feels out.
0: I I dig that completely. That's uh, that's a cool moment. That's that's a very uh, you start off with. This is not sexy. Don't worry about it not being sexy. That was a really cool moment. I can understand why that was uh, one of your favorites. <laughs> now back to serial jingles. Um if you were to make a jingle for a cereal, which cereal would you choose?
1: Oh my gosh, hands down Cookie Crisp.
0: Oh, hands down. Oh shit, that was fast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think about like my favorite cereals growing up and I ate Cookie Crisp, but I remember the commercial the Cookie Crisp and I remember being a kid thinking like that's stupid. <laughs> like I could do better than that. A <laughs> yodel?
0: I, I I think that uh I think the the cop I think they changed the cop because I think uh what rate right, rate right. <laughs> they didn't they didn't like the idea of racial stereotypes anymore because <laughs> he was a uh, he was full on Irish.
1: <laughs> was it an Irish?
0: He was an Irish cop, yeah.
1: Irish cop. Oh my goodness. I thought well, look that,
0: that up now. That that was the you know that's the heavy stereotype. Like, whenever you have a cop, you make him Irish. Like you see it on the producers, yeah, you see it on the producers. Um, You saw it on the uh, 1966 Batman series. Um, While Commissioner Gordon had, uh, you know, American accent, um, the cop, what's his name? I I was gonna go through another stereotype, but I think it's like oh, something.
1: (laughs) Do you think there could ever be a Filipino cop? I mean, I'm I'm from the Philippines, but I feel like Filipino cops would be way too nice.
0: If we're talking about stereotypes, I think that, uh no, I think that would be too nice. I, I I just can't, if we're talking about racial stereotypes, I just can't see a Filipino cop.
1: <laughs> We'd be like, we let you pass. It's okay, <laughs> next time, huh? It's the Irish <laughs> cop that's like,
0: oh, we're going to take you to jail.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're going to take you in. <laughs> You're stealing all our
1: cookies. <laughs> the pub after get camera
0: drives home <laughs> I mean but you've seen you've seen the producers right Mel Brooks I
1: haven't I'm so not cultured Jimmy
0: You haven't seen I the need producers to see it. I so. think it's on Netflix if it's on Netflix you have to see it it's really funny But they haven't I seen so. where the, the the Irish cop is talking to uh damn am blinging out his name Nathan Lane He's talking to Nathan Lane and uh, Nathan Lane is doing a horrible like Irish accent, and he's like, uh, he's because he's trying to relate to the cop. He's like, yeah, I'm just gonna go head to the park. <laughs> I'm gonna head to the park. and his his voice keeps getting higher as he's talking. And it's hilarious. I highly recommend checking it out.
1: I've not seen the producers, but I have seen Blazing Saddles.
0: Okay, now you're gonna you're you're upsetting me. <laughs> How? Because
1: that's Mel Brooks too.
0: It is. It is. It's a it's a fantastic film. But now I'm worried that you don't you haven't seen. Uh, more Mel Brooks films
1: yeah I know I think why, why did I see Blazing Saddles oh Gene Wilder
0: oh Blazing Saddles is fantastic don't get me wrong I love Blazing Saddles but have you seen like Young Frankenstein yes okay Robin Hood Men Tights
1: yes oh Spaceballs yes, yes
0: I have okay cool I'm good now DVD. I'm fine
1: okay <laughs> come on come on give me more credit <laughs>
0: Well, you, you, you got me worried when I talked to producers, uh, producers and you're like, oh, I've seen Blazing Saddles. I'm like, shit, I hope that's not the only one.
1: <laughs> I think I'm just not caught up then. When did the I think you're pretty
0: caught up? up. That That's a recent Mel Brooks film. That was like the, the last one that he did. But
1: he did it in 67 as well.
0: Yeah, well, because there's a '67 one with Gene Wilder, and then they made it into a musical, and then uh, they made it to a musical for Broadway, and then they made the movie that was based on the musical, which is based on the movie. Oh.
1: <laughs> Side note: My AirPods are at ten percent, so oh, no. might, my audio might shift. I mean, I will still talk, but but the audio might shift okay. and sound different. Which I hope I hope happens to
0: Beetlejuice. I think that would be fantastic.
1: Beetlejuice the musical?
0: No, have you, Beetlejuice is a musical. Or
1: Beetlejuice the remake.
0: Beetlejuice is a, you know about the, me, the Beetlejuice musical, right?
1: Yeah, but like as a musical, like remade film. Is yes. what you're saying?
0: That's what I, I want. I want, because like I like it that producers was a movie, then it was a Broadway musical based on movie, and then it's a movie based on a Broadway musical that's based on a movie. I hope they do the same thing with Beetlejuice. I think that would be fantastic.
1: But then who would play, um, what's her face's character?
0: I want the Lydia. whole Broadway. I want the whole Broadway cast. I think mean, they're great.
1: But Lydia, Anona uh, Ryder can't play Lydia anymore. Do you yeah, think I
0: she can still do it? No, I want the Broadway cast.
1: Oh, the Broadway cast.
0: Because I follow the uh, actors who plays Lydia. I follow her on, on Instagram, and I did follow the the actor who plays Beetlejuice, but he deleted his Instagram for some reason.
1: Who plays Lydia in the Broadway?
0: Oh, I am bad with names. It's Sophie something.
1: I can hear all my old theater coaches and directors being like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe we hired her. She has done no <laughs> anything about theater. <laughs> but the song the songs from the
0: Beetlejuice song. the songs from Beetlejuice are a lot of fun. If you haven't heard, you heard, heard the song Matilda? I have not. I've seen the movie.
1: Matilda has uh, Matilda has amazing songs. Matilda the Musical. There's this one called um, "Revolting Children."
0: Oh, that, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to listen horrible. to that tonight. That's that's going to happen. Speaking of amazing songs, I recently heard all of the songs from uh, uh, what's it? So- Psalms for Inside Times.
1: Oh, thank Great. you for listening. Oh, it was yeah.
0: beautiful. I had to listen to it um where did the idea of psalms for Inside and that's your album psalms for inside times uh it is gorgeous it's uh it's a it's a really easy listen like a lot of it's the songs are pretty quick i ran through it really fast I, i've listened to it a few times um where did the idea come from
1: Well, thanks for saying it's an easy listen sometimes i worry that it's not it's only half hour long but yeah um Psalms for Inside Times started off as an album but developed into a concept where I was unpacking my upbringing, my religious Catholic upbringing, and testing, testing is a heavy word, but testing um, the dogma of the Catholic Church with the Catholic Church sex abuse scandals and exploring what happens to Um, to people that were raised in religion but there's like this cognitive dissonance that happens when you're taught that your church is infallible when infallible people really mess you up you you know Um, so the, the album evolved into a musical where I tell the story of a young girl who was abused by a Catholic priest and it goes through her life as she unpacks what it means to feel loved. And it questions her relationship with God, her family, and uh, a love interest in the show.
0: And the song, uh, what was it uh, Whatever Amen? Is that right? That's the name of the song? Mm-hmm. Um, that was... That was pretty, uh, I, I, I love that song because it had a very like fun kind of rhythm, but also uh, foreboding.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever Amen comes at the beginning of the show, and that is when the character goes back in time. So the show starts out in like the present day, and then it goes back in time. And so that song comes in um, without giving away too much. It comes in before we go to like a flashback. It, Are you gonna uh, play and, it? Should we play it? Is I, I is don't know if we're gonna play, we play it? it. I
0: don't know if we're gonna play it. We don't have to play it.
1: <laughs> in the podcast.
0: the podcast is just an interview.
1: <laughs> we can. You have my permission to play a part of it in the podcast if you want. Uh, maybe
0: we it. will. I don't know. We haven't done that before, but I, I'm I'm down.
1: <laughs> so um, here's the part where I ask Angie, "Hey Angie, so like, can you cue the um, song, whatever Amen." <laughs> My family proud, I do it. I join the convent, make nunnery friends, and men, forget them, inquired about religious life when I was ten. I walked along the open road with a priest, I befriended. But
0: it's no use trying to make sense
1: of it all. I tuned out the pulpit, cause the pastor phoned it in too much. The lines under my eyes show a decade of beads, sorrowful mysteries every
0: I like it that I like it that it goes back in time because it does have a more uh, playful, childlike innocence to it, and I dig it because uh, I did read. I remember I, I read the synopsis. I read what was it, what what the story was going to be before I listened to it, and I got to that song. And I'm like, ah, because it felt it, it felt like I was going to feel really bad when this playfulness is gone. <laughs>
1: Now let me ask you this cuz I have had very few very little feedback around the album. A lot of people know that I've worked on this, but I think they're afraid to listen to the work. I was wondering what you thought. I
0: just read uh what it's what it's going I I read what it's going to be and I'm I just dive right in. I I don't I don't make any uh thoughts? I don't I don't make any presumptions of the piece, so I don't know how to answer that question. Because I'm just like, uh, I, I I want the, the artist to lead me through their story. I don't want to try to guess where the story is going to go. Unless, like, yeah. if we're talking about WandaVision. Because <laughs> WandaVision has a lot of really weird cliffhangers, and I'm trying to guess where they're going, but... I'm having a lot of fun because I don't think I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to guess it. Have you seen WandaVision? I haven't. It's, it's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts. Um, I, I don't think that I had the same kind of like, uh, cliffhangers to the songs that I have with the WandaVision episodes. Cause I feel like, uh, WandaVision is trying to surprise us. I don't think that your songs are trying to surprise us. Like, I don't, I don't think that, you know, the song is like, <laughs> the last few words are, by the way, and then <laughs> cliffhanger. No, I don't think that that's, I, don't, um, I feel like uh, your album was very organic. Um, I felt like uh, the changes of the emotion in the song did not feel forced. I felt like it was a good transition between songs, so that I never felt like it was an abrupt, like, it's a, it's a sharp left turn into sadness.
1: Yeah, thanks for saying that. I really aim to be frank and sometimes frighten, frightening, 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 frightening. I just try to be really honest because I think in this particular case of um, the content, there's been a lot of dishonesty and hiding and shame. And the artist's job, and I know you do this with your work, Jimmy, is to bring the shame to the light and really like name it for what it is. And if you just say it, that's when people start to listen and they, they go, Oh yeah, I understand why that is the way it is. But someone has to say it first, right?
0: Well, I feel like uh um it can go either way. I mean, there's there's some people that will listen and they'll accept that they'll they'll appreciate someone finally saying it. And then there'll also be the people who suddenly become combative because they don't want it out there. They don't want to hear it. They just they they know it's there, but they don't want everyone else to know.
1: Right. And then they can go along and listen to their own pleasantries and other music that is probably lighter and surface level. And then I'm just like not their I'm not their audience, and that's okay. But in terms of back to your question of where did the idea come from? boiled down it came from a place of pain because I have unfortunately had a lot of abuse in my life and and survived it and so now I feel like I'm in a place a stronger place a more resilient place to empower other people to speak up um, with their instances of abuse as well as preventing future instances of abuse because the more you can name it and share it and educate families of um you know any perpetration like you'll be helping the world that way and in this case with everyone in in this pandemic and being quarantined and on lockdown we're all experiencing trauma we're being isolated from our communities and families and friends and people that we love most and so I think as this work has evolved um you know I wrote all this Music and the title of the 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 musical Psalms for Inside Times was named even before we were all on lockdown, and so I couldn't have planned that this album became bigger than a Catholic Church conversation. It's more of like what is trauma, and how do we still stay connected with each other even if we feel isolated and alone.
0: And I think that uh, being stuck indoors and being stuck with your own demons and your own thoughts. Uh, being isolated from the distractions of the outside world uh, can be pretty traumatic. And I could even see this being performed from a state of being locked down, having to look back at your past because you are stuck with yourself indoors.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I recorded this whole album indoors. Um, I was supposed to premiere the musical last March, end of March 2020. And it didn't happen. You know, I I chose not to premiere it. And I was really bummed out for about a couple months, and I realized, you know what? I can't just be bummed out. Like it wasn't my fault that COVID decided to rear its nasty head on the world. So I just recorded the album in the garage. <laughs> 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 we maybe shouldn't put that part in the garage because I want people to make it. No, look you can say more. that.
0: Everyone <laughs> says that. I think that's the best. I think that uh, I think art. Uh, art done in like the really uh, – because like I-, I feel like one of the intimidations of people who m- want to make art is that they don't have the high-tech shit. Um, when I'm just like, no, you can make it in the garage. You can have fun with it. It's art. Just do it. Um, one thing that I love about you mentioning honesty is that I feel like art, particularly music – Uh, touches us all in a very uh, deep way and it comes back to uh, the story that you told of you being in the church and just crying at the piano and then having someone else walk in and start crying and feeling the need to sing with you Um, I feel like that is a perfect illustration of how important it is that you're willing to talk honestly about really serious subjects and make music about it because then people can heal If they can feel, if they can feel like a connection with someone else going through similar situations.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to tell the truth no matter what. And it's something that my mom always taught me. She said, like, if you didn't do anything wrong, you don't have to apologize for it. And like when I would get in trouble, I would say like, I'm sorry. And she's like, well, did you do anything wrong? I'm like, Yeah. And you know, I would like lie to her when you know when you're a kid, you're like, I didn't do it, but really sure. you did it, you know. And and she would tell me, um, the truth will set you free. And she knew I was lying too. She'd be like, I knew you like, you know, did this to your sister, and I'm like, no, but I didn't. I promise. And then, uh, you know, she would just tell me the truth will set you free, and I was like, okay, fine, I did it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know that just like childlike mentality still comes up when I make art and I'm like, okay, am I telling the truth right now? Like, am I being, am I being honest in this moment? Or am I trying to sugarcoat it or not be as explicit? And as I get older and more secure with myself, I see how I've grown as an artist where, you know, back to the angsty emo era of my high school self where I was like pining over, over boys that didn't you know, give a crap about me.
0: You were Taylor Swifting now. it.
1: I was Taylor Swifting it, yeah. but I was also um, learning that that um, my worth doesn't come from something outside of myself. It comes from within, and that's what the work of Psalms for Inside Times is. It's like, how do I find my value within myself? Because everything I need is already inside of me. It doesn't have to come from an outside source.
0: And I feel like uh, that's one of my favorite things about it is because uh, when I saw Psalms for Inside Time, when I saw that word Psalms, I was like, oh, no, it's going to be religious. And I'm not I'm not a big fan. Even though I said that, oh, it's a sign from God that the lady came into church. Um <laughs> Even though I said that, I'm really not religious, and I always, uh, whenever I see any kind of, like, religious word, I get a little, like, uh, hesitant, reluctant to listen to it. But I feel like your album is not, it's not too religious. It's very human emotions that all of us can have about any kind of institution that we're brought up in. It's not something that is exclusively for Catholics, is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, and, and but you're right. Hashtag triggered. psalm triggered. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> but the word psalm comes from the Greek. Is it Greek? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's psalmist, I'm not
0: going to correct you.
1: Which means um, to pluck. It's like a, a to pluck an instrument. It was just so interesting that I chose the ukulele as I was writing these songs and trying to figure out what to name it. I'm like, okay, I wrote all these songs on the ukulele. Most of them, um, these are psalms but they're not religious psalms. they're my psalms, like my feelings that I've um, poured into into music. So yeah, this is not a religious album. If you're like looking for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, this is not the album to listen to. But if you want some real stuff that has to do with religion and faith and discovering yourself and um, delves into some heavy topics, Listen to listen to Psalms for Inside Times, you know? It's only half hour. It's only half hour long. It's 13 songs. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, this is like the proudest thing I've ever made so thus far. Um, and it took me seven years to be brave enough to release it. A lot of these songs I wrote um, seven years ago, and I just wasn't strong enough to put it out. I hope I don't wait that long for the next one, though.
0: I'm I'm glad you put it out there because I think it's really beautiful and very uh, meaningful. Um, where can someone find it?
1: It's on my website com. It's also on Bandcamp. Um, if you're on a phone, if you just type in cattery.online, you can visit my website there.
0: Um, um what kind of social media do you should we follow? Do you have any social media we should follow?
1: I'm on Instagram my handle is rhymes with battery I don't have a Twitter thank goodness <laughs> and I have a budding TikTok but no everything's on Instagram rhymes with battery
0: I just got TikTok and I'm trying to figure it out
1: <laughs> it's this whole next level thing I mean I can only maintain so many social media sites
0: all right um what words do you have for an aspiring songwriter
1: write every day even if you think it's trash because eventually you'll find the treasure